Hello world, today on the podcast I've got your boy Steve Denham. Steve is a stand-up comedian here local in Toowoomba and uh, we had a great chat about where we sit politically, the bullshit that weed isn't legal, all the way through to Michael Jordan's fucking dick. And I can tell you, it was so much fun, I forgot the fucking Kevin Hart's name. I picturing him, couldn't think of his name for the life of me. It was a good chat. Uh, check him out at your boy Denim on Instagram and check out his podcast. It's called Let's Get Dangerous. Anywho's, I hope you uh, have as many laughs as I did. Cheers. Okay. Hey, we're on. Boom. So yeah, just to start, I'll just... um. Get you to do a little intro so I get all the my facts about when I do my actual intro. Right, right, right. Get all that right. What you do, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just what you do. Yep, yep. Who you are. Right, my name is Stephen Denham. I'm a comedian. I'm a podcaster. I'm a Pisces. I like holding hands and long walks on the beach and I like to consider myself to be a considerate, caring human being. Beautiful. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm a lover. I'm a lot of things, yeah. Father? I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. I'm a midnight toker. <laughs> so you like weed? Oh, yeah. I, um, I was originally, when I first started podcasting myself, I was like, should I actually be very, very open about that? Because, like, you know, we all have jobs and whatever, but I don't know. It kind of slipped out once. Like, I... I like weed, but I don't like weed culture, if that makes sense. You don't like weed culture? Like, I'm, I'm down with smoking a bit of weed, but if people who are like, their whole identity is like, I freaking love weed, and they just got like bongs on their shirts. It's like, grow up, dude. Come also, on. stoners. You don't love stoners. I, I, I consider myself a bit of a stoner, like, but I can be a stoner behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I really do. I think it should be legal. I can't believe it. Oh, it's totally. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not. But anyway, that's... I didn't expect to be getting this political as quickly, but I'm totally no, with you, yeah. No, me either. Me so anyways, um, so what do you do for craft? For a craft, I do video editing, I host events, and I'm just about to start in um, disability support. Disability support. But, that's, but it's kind of like... an important job. It's less like one-on-one, like helping someone throughout the community. It's more just like in a facility, like doing stuff like video editing, which is kind of how I got the job. I, I filmed this company's open day, and I think I just made enough of an impression that they were just like, look, we want you. Really? So just doing stuff with cameras and like, because I can play music as well. So just like busting out the ukuleles and going, all right, guys, who wants to, who wants to play Scarborough Fair? Whatever, let's crack this out. Yeah. So you're one talented motherfucker is what you're saying. I'm a, I can do a lot of things competently. <laughs> like every, everything except to be emotionally available, I guess. Oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> so you're married. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all, not at all. No ring. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So... You, you mentioned that you're, you're, you're an organiser. An organiser? Yes. So you organise events, I'm taking I, I, I do organise events. I run like my own stand-up comedy show here in Tuama, but it's mostly just hosting events. More hosting. just if you need an MC, if you need someone to just talk confidently into a microphone and explain what's happening. I've kind of gotten a lot of just work doing that. I started at um, Barwana just hosting this really weird trivia show that was... It wasn't, didn't have, like, right or wrong answers. You'd throw out, like, hypothetical questions and you would just talk to people like this nonstop for two hours. Really? You'd have those, like, oh, how do you feel about peeing in the shower? And I'd just hit you up with a microphone and we'd yeah, talk fine. about it and I'd riff on what you say and then maybe 
the next guy over here has an opinion and we would just do that non-stop for two hours and just through that just my name got out there and like things would come up and be like oh i've seen you like hold the room together for two hours just on improvisation like you can handle saying the puppy parade comes through in five minutes you'll be fine yeah really yeah that's cool how'd you how'd you develop those skills um, a little bit through stand-up, a little bit through um, improv, actually, which is kind of a very dorky and uncool thing to say, but... Improv. Improv. Isn't it like... I, I always, like, those improv singers, especially. Oh, okay. I'm just like, yeah. How, how the fuck do you keep... Uh, and not only the singers, but how the fuck do you keep ideas just keep on flowing in, just keep keep coming and coming and just fucking go on anything that you talk right like, things that you see whatever how, how the fuck do you do that i think you be open you listen you kind of be ready but i think improv as well it's just a group exercise like if you're improvising with three other people that's like you only have to do like 25 percent of the work in theory <laughs> yeah so you just gotta like wait for the moment wait for someone to build something then just jump on top of it yeah right until it's your 25%, you can't yeah. fucking think of anything. And so you can, until you can be like, nope, clocking out, I'm done, someone else be funny. Yeah, right. But so again, so a lot of the really good improvisers I know aren't even necessarily funny. They're just good at creating a scenario where someone else can be funny. Yeah, okay. Like, they make the bed and I get to jump on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the best scenes I've had with people are people who just, they'll just throw the ball at me, I'll do something funny with it, they'll just throw me the ball again, they'll throw me the ball again, they'll throw me the ball again, and they just know when to just throw the ball. Yeah, right. So what's a lot of being a stand-up? It's that seems that seems fucking scary to me. It's like yeah, like it's like uh, public speaking. Only the people that you're t- talking at, you know, we, you want them to laugh. Obviously, mm. you want them to laugh. You don't know them. You're not a fucking government official of any sort, <laughs> so they don't. You know, they're gonna fucking rag on you as much as you can yeah, on yeah, them yeah. if you're bombing. It just seems like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, like, I get that reaction a lot. I either get, oh, I could totally do that, mm-hmm. or, like, no fucking way could I do that, yeah. No, I, could, I, could, I, could, I couldn't do it. No way. I, I think it's one of those things, I think it was Patton Oswalt. He was writing a piece that I think the larger piece was about joke theft, but he makes this point that most of us feel that we just have a God-given right to be funny. Uh-huh. Like, we can watch someone play something on the violin and be amazing and think, oh, my God, that's amazing. You put in so much work. I could never possibly... We see someone make a joke and we just think, yeah, I could do that. Because everyone's fucking told a good knock-knock joke, right? Yeah. Everyone said something at a party that made someone laugh. Even the most humorless person you imagine has made someone laugh, at even some if point, it's by yeah. accident. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I could still never do fucking stand-up. Probably, Jesus, yeah. even the thought of it. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> right, yeah. Public speaking, no. So you've never done anything kind of public, spe- public speaking-ish at all? Mm, no. Other than at school when they make you talk about the book for three minutes? Yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah, and what do they call those fucking things? An oral? The oral presentation, yeah. yeah. Fucking oral presentation. Anyways, um, yeah, so longest one of them I've done is five minutes and I don't even think I made it. Okay, wow. Anxiety. Through the roof. I didn't even know I had anxiety back then, but that's a different story. Yeah, altogether. there's a lot of like we never really had those terms when we were in school. Like, like no. we talked before, we're kind of a couple of years apart, but we're not that different in age. We probably both grew up in an era where like obviously these things exist, but we didn't call them anxiety or depression, especially when we were teenagers. Stop being a sad cunt is what we used yeah, to basically, be yeah, 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 man. I grew up in a small country town. I I got my fair share of hard. Oh yeah, fuck where, up. You, yeah. where you from? I'm um, Pittsworth. Well, not from there, but like. If you've been to small country towns, yeah, you know the difference between living there and being from there, yeah. Well, a lot of people call 
this place that we're in right now, small fucking country. Oh, yeah. So. I think it's relative. I think coming from Pittsworth, like, yeah, I get oh, why fuck, people... this place is huge. Yeah, it's like, I get why people rag on somewhere, but I'm also like, no, 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 this is a, still a huge upgrade for me. So, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, cool. How'd you get to start? Stand up? Stand up. Mm. Um, one, just wanting to for a long time, but I think being into one, but not really seeing the pathway. This is why I was asking, because, like, I hadn't... Yeah, there's been a couple of shops, Bonamichi's, I mean, used to do open mic. Oh, yeah, yeah, I used to run that. That was a whole uh, experience. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, it was, it was fun sometimes, but I think it kind of... It went on too long, and it kind of got to the point where... I mean, I don't want to rag individuals, but it was just the same couple of people just doing the same couple of things and it just wasn't growing and and i wasn't getting paid which is a whole other thing oh yeah there was just this point where like i had minus 80 dollars in my account and they owed me over a grand and i'm like just politely sending emails going please pay me politely yeah you don't need that politely <laughs> shit fuck oh yeah thousand dollars right yeah it's like kicking down the door it's like yeah, where's my money fucking start taking liquor off the shelves and shit <laughs> <laughs> how did i get started um i um I went to uni. I went to like, did like a creative arts degree. I was doing media film stuff. Uh Um, In my last year, the ABC was coming through for a week and like just filming all their shows. Okay. So like I got to do like work experience for that. I got to do work experience on Q&A. And during the day, like, because the guests don't arrive until like right before the show, they would just normally mic up crew members and do like a fake Q&A to like set everything up. Okay. And because on this particular day, they had like a whole bunch of like work experience kids. I got to just go out there and be on the fake panel. I was like the fake shadow agriculture minister. And I just sat next to this dude who was the fake mayor and just we cracked each other up through the whole fake Q&A. And I think I, I talked to him. He worked in radio. We both talked about how we wanted to do stand-up. We just stayed friends. We kind of like, we got to the point where we heard about this one show that was coming up. It was like a Movember theme, like charity show. Yeah, right. And we kind of just resolved like, okay, that's a couple of months away. If we put in the work, we could do that. So we just all, him, me, and a couple of other guys, we'd get together once a week. We'd, uh, we'd smoke a bit of the devil's lettuce. We'd compare stuff we'd written. Mm-hmm. And it was good. It was friendly. It was like no, there was no one expert kind of like leading it. We were all coming in as equals. And because it was a weekly thing, like it kind of put a fire under me because I always would feel like such a dead shit just showing up and being like, oh, I haven't written anything. <laughs> so it's like, I was like, oh, I've got to have something. So we did that. We did, have, we did the first show and it was like, doing comedy on easy because it was a town that doesn't get comedy a lot. It was Mm -hmm. for a good cause. They were all drunk as hell. Half Mm -hmm. of them were our friends. Yeah. I like crushed it without even thinking that, without even realizing that like it was set up to be good. Like I wasn't even that good, but like in my naivety, I'm just like, oh no, I was excellent. I'm going to be headlining in six months. (laughs) Then um, Pete and I, we did another open mic in Brisbane, but at a fortnight later to like 12 people or comedians who, don't laugh, by the way. They don't laugh at each other. Oh, yeah. Like, you imagine it's just this huge vibing thing where we're all cracking each other up. When you're on stage, doesn't matter how good you are, they don't laugh at you. Really? Yeah. So, like, um, I just did the exact same set to, like, 12 stony faces. Like, absolutely fucking died. Three of them were, like, very politely, like, yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah, keep working. But, yeah. The rest of them were just like, you fucking suck. <laughs> Not even that. It's just like a, they don't respond a lot oh, of it. Oh, god damn, that'd be worse. Yeah, because it's like, I oh, know, like, they're not your audience anyway, I guess. Unless, no, definitely Unless not. you're at open mics where they are literally the entire audience, but, like, you're not trying to make them laugh. Yeah, right. So what's the comedy scene like here in Toowoomba? Is it fucking growing now it's or is it... It's growing now. Like, I started doing the Laughy Lounge, like, once a month. So it's like, me and, like, one or two other guys who are really committed to doing this and, like, constantly travelling to do it, so... I get those guys and when I, when I can. We started to get one or two others who are like, 
dabbling and taking their first steps. Uh-huh. We're trying to get more women and more people of color because, like, I finally got to do like a all local show and it was cool that we have enough people to do that. But like, it was pretty much just like all white dudes. Yeah, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, I mean, it's one of those things I kind of take for granted. You want to reach out and see yeah. and, and make make sure that they know that it's an option and that it's an option. Yeah, yeah. like it's one of those things that we I think we take for granted as straight white dudes that. We never are in a position where we're going to look at something and be like, I'm not represented there. There's no one there like me. Yeah. I mean, I just, I went to shows. I saw like good comedians. I saw like bad shows and they were like the impetus for me. It was like watching this one at the, do you remember the novel? Yes. It was like, it was like a, like a gig, like a band show, but they had comedians in between. And because it wasn't set up for comedians, they all failed miserably. And I'm just like watching these people die and be like, fuck off. I could do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. It's, it's weird that it's like that, though, because, like, you think about the best comedians in the world at the mm. moment, and you think about fucking Dave Chappelle. Yeah. And you think about that other little guy. <laughs> <laughs> the other little guy that's always with the rock. Kevin Hart. That's him. Oh, God. <laughs> and you think about Kevin Hart. And... <laughs> And it's just fucking weird that it's like it is like that down at a, a base level. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you're saying, but then also, but I think also we're th- not a capital city as well, no, which no, makes no, it even harder. Not. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But then uh, to go with what you're saying, you look at comedians in Australia. You got the Bartsman, friendly Geordies, like him or not. Yeah, like fucking straight white dudes. So what you're saying is very relevant. I think. Yeah, totally. I think especially like. Like, I'm the only game in town at the moment, so if I'm not at least trying to make more of an effort with representation, it's like I'm saying that women don't do comedy. Uh-huh. I'm saying people of colour don't do comedy, so... Yeah. How do, you, how do you get people in? I mean, from out of town, it's easy. Like, like we are so ruthlessly ambitious that, like, if I, I could just joke that I'm putting on a show in a public toilet and, like, seven comics would hit me up being like, oh, can I get on that public toilet? <laughs> I think it, getting it local is a lot harder. Like I said, like a lot of people just think, oh, well, there's no comedy here. There's no, even if I want to do it, there's no pathway for me here. Even yeah. if I do get on the one show a month and start to do well, like what's next? So you have to travel straight up. Yeah, you have to travel. Time. You have to grind. You have to do like, if you are really committed to this, there's a lot of just doing small crappy shows that you don't necessarily want to do to like be polished and ready for, I guess, the quote unquote good shows. I think there was a point last week where um, I was in Brisbane for like four days and it was just like tiny little like place in South Bank on Thursday, tiny place in Wynnum on Friday, just so I was like sharp for like the good show I wanted to do in Ashgrove on Sunday. And like that was the one I cared about. That was the one where like there were tickets and money and how much I got paid was contingent on how many people came through the door. Yeah. So I did these other smaller things for free, like one to like, like I said, literally just other comedians. Wynnum, Wynnum is a... Shout out to James Hans, but Wynnum is either hostile or, like, indifferent. There's no middle ground. Really? Like, yeah. I've gone on the stage that, in that place thinking, will I get punched tonight? It's insane. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's, like, it's kind of like, like you have this image in your head of a comedy heckler, just these obnoxious, drunken assholes who are being like, oh, you're shit, you suck, whatever. It doesn't always happen like that. Mm-hmm. But then you get to Wynnum and it does fucking happen like that. <laughs> What's the worst thing that's ever happened to you while you've been on stage? While I've been on stage? Um, or that you've seen, even. No, oh, no, no we'll, go, we'll go personally. Personally? Um, just one guy in particular one night. I was, um, I was the last performer on, which isn't the same as headlining. Headlining is like, you're Dave Chappelle. People have come to see Dave Chappelle. 
but I, w- I just happened to be the last act on the yeah. lineup. Mm-hmm. And people kind of, they go a bit harder at the last act because they're like, oh, this guy's a pro. He can take it. It's all part of the job to him. So it's just this one quite large man in particular who have been kind of giving it to everyone all night and they've been trying to ignore it. Yeah, right. Because I was, I guess, I was also like the most experienced person on the lineup. So I just started giving it back to him. Yeah, and just, okay. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. Did you fucking roast him? Oh, totally. I told him that he had, um, I only see my kids every third weekend energy. Yeah, right. And he just kind of like <laughs> pauses for a second, scratches his head. He's like, oh, I don't have kids. So clearly I lost that one. <laughs> but he kept like, he would, after a couple of minutes, he'd leave. I'd kind of get back onto it and then he'd kind of just come back in and he did this like two or three times and one other time he brought back up with him. Oh, really? He brought like another big burly dude who just like walks up right up to the front of the stage, probably about as far away from me as you are now and starts asking me about white privilege in a way that kind of indicates that he just learnt that term like a minute ago. Uh-huh. And like I wasn't even like related to what I was talking about. No. I was just doing some like weird shit about like hosting a high school awards night or something. And he's like, oh, what do you think about white privilege? So, I don't know. What the fuck? Yeah. Holy Jesus. I'm glad I don't have to deal with, uh, with <laughs> any of that sort of shit. I mean, 99% of the time you don't get that. And even when I do get hecklers, most of the hecklers I get are more the... They're, in, sort they, of they're polite and they're friendly and encouraging. They just don't realise that this is a comedy show and this is how you behave. It's more a... Oh, you said something about a funny thing that happened to you at the grocery store. I was also at the grocery store and a funny thing happened to me. And it's like, yeah, not now, Sharon. I get it. I get it. But not it's now. not story time. Yeah. This isn't Q&A. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, that's, speaking of the butts, Martin, when, when he came to town, maybe a couple of years ago, um, there was a heckler in the crowd and he fucking roasted that <laughs> poor cunt. And I was, fuck, I pissed myself <laughs> laughing. But I couldn't understand it. Like, why would you go to a show that you paid for? Yeah. And try and hurl abuse or fucking run the comedian down or whoever's on stage. Why, why the fuck would you do that? It didn't make sense to my brain like at all. I think it's a little bit of just wanting some attention. I think it's a little bit in your own weird, twisted mind, maybe you think you're helping the show. Like you're making yourself mm. someone that can be torn apart so that that person can look better. Which, Or like if you like say like a Jimmy Carr who has a rep for like absolutely destroying hecklers. Uh-huh. I think some people are just like, well, I'm going to go. I know I'm going to get destroyed, but I'm going to be a part of the show. It's fine. Yeah, fuck that. I'd rather, if, if, if whoever's on stage needs someone, they're, they're going to fucking pick someone. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look at you. You've got weird nose. <laughs> Feet. You'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine having know. a weird nose and thinking you could go to comedy. Gosh. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Hmm. <laughs> so, when um when did you start? When did I start? Probably just it. just over three years ago, basically. Oh really? Yeah. I see. You must be real good. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a difficult loaded question. <laughs> I actually no. Last time I was at a show in Win the the, the Winham show actually. Mm-hmm. Someone asked me how long I'd been doing it. I said three years. They pointed to the. Guy next to me, he's about as far away as Josh is now in the rest weird office. And they're like, oh, he's been doing it for about three years. Are you better than him? Yes, definitely was, I am. It was a, it was a tough situation because, like, yeah, like, you don't want to sound arrogant. But also, Ma Denham didn't raise no liar, so I said yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, if I, if I say no... He will think I'm weak. He will hold it against me for the rest of my time. <laughs> and he has that over you forever. Yeah. Forever. 
But then, like, you say that and then you could go on and absolutely bomb that night. And he's like, ah, oh, funnier than me, huh? Yeah, yeah. Had coronavirus treat you? Um, in general? Or how is it treating you in general with the whole, the whole fucking deal? Oh, with deal? generally. Yeah. Um, I will be honest, I kind of underestimated. I think I remember, like, I was helping someone organise a show and that got to the point where, like, this is before lockdown and they're like, oh, we'll probably have to, like, just postpone. I don't think people are wanna, gonna, gonna want to go out with coronavirus. In my I'm head, I'm like, like in my head, I'm like, this is, like, February, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. In my head, I'm like, really? People aren't going to want to go out? That's a bit of an overreaction. Then, like, two weeks later, we're all in lockdown. Yeah. I, I remember thinking the same thing. Um, I was actually in fucking Fiji when that happened. Oh, okay. A couple of podcasts ago, I started this story where me and my family went to Fiji... The whole family. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, nothing sort of... I think it was in Italy at that stage, so no one really gave a fuck about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, by the time it was time for us to come back, uh, Australia was in lockdown, and they're saying, you know, you'd want to fucking hurry up, otherwise you're not coming back. <laughs> oh, and, wow. And then Fiji, the day, we were, the day before we were meant to leave, Fiji got their first fucking case of coronavirus... And they canned everything. They oh, wow. cancelled fucking flights left, right, and centre. So we literally got on the last plane. Had to like paddle home, yeah. Yeah, pretty well. It was it was becoming an option. <laughs> Put it that way. It was quickly becoming an option. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we literally caught the last plane out of Fiji, the oh, last wow. or passenger passenger plane, I should say, um, that went to Australia. There was two more passenger planes out of Fiji. One went to fucking Singapore and the other one was going to the States and then that was it. And they've been in lockdown ever since. Wow. Only cargo planes. And I don't, I don't know if I'd be able to get my family on one of them. <laughs> yeah, I just remember like how quickly it all happened to oh, yeah. Like, I was like out one night, I was at Barwanda, the police came in, they like go into like the owner's office, they start like... I can't hear what they're saying, but there's like a very stern tone and a bit of finger wagging. You could see it. Yeah, and they leave oh, and yeah. I like I go talk to Mark and he's like, Oh yeah, as of now, like this like our capacity is like half this. The only reason I'm not in trouble is because the law came through like right now, basically. Really? So it was like we did that, we're like we're like out one night and we're all like, Okay, this is probably it and then like the next day they're like, No, no one can go out. Because yeah, all the bars and everything closed down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's fucking crazy. It still fucking blows my mind to think about all that. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you look at other countries, namely America. <laughs> I think also you look around Toowoomba and other than the fact that you have to like sign into places and there's a bit more hand standing, it's almost scary how nothing changed. Yeah? Yeah. Did we even have a case, but Like here in... Oh, no, darling, down. We didn't have cases that originated here that I know of, but we had people who like had been on a cruise, had come back and been like, oh, actually, I don't feel so well. I actually do, actually, yeah, I actually do know a guy who was a friend of mine who did, I think he got it on a cruise and then, like, had to, like, isolate here. actually know someone that's had it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I have not met a single fucking person until right now that has even known someone that's had it. Yeah, so you're, like, two steps away. Yeah, my friend Nate, yeah. Wow. Shout out to Nate. Beat that shit. (laughs) And he he beat it and he's he's kicking on. Nate, you're a strong dude. Love you. Yeah, cool. So what's he reckon that it was like? Um, yeah, he reckons it was the worst thing. It was just, like, having, like, no energy and just being, like, hot and sweaty and just, like, sapped of strength, like, for, like, two weeks straight. That's fucked. That's real fucked. So, yeah, going back to, like, the lockdowns and all the fucking bullshit that's been implemented, how are you going with it now? Like, with 
the La- what do you call it? Laughy Lounge. Laughy Lounge. Lounge. Yeah, Laughy Lounge. It was yeah. I mean, like a lot of people, like venues close, and like ninety percent of my business is in venues. So yeah, I was out of work for a while, but I think Bar Wonder what they were really cool. They just they wrote me some really nice letters for Centrelink and be like, oh, he's a good dude. We we love him. We only put him off because we kind of had to. Uh-huh. We'll have him back as soon as we can. And and they did basically like yeah, right. As soon as they were able to open, I was back at work. Yeah, nice. They're still at reduced capacity or what? Um, it's slightly improved, but like it's not like before where like you could probably just push all the furniture to a side and have like a hundred people like shoulder to shoulder. They can't really do that anymore. Oh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, some people just want to watch the world burn, I guess. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why fucking not? Why fucking not? But like it's still like we still like we still fill those rooms to capacity when we have events. So yeah. That's good. Laffy Lounge. I'm going to have to go there. Laffy Lounge. Second I fucking th- love Bar Wonder. Second Thursday of every month. So January the 14th will be the next one. It says Wednesday, November 4th. November. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. You're looking at the old poster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Who done? Who done? Um, actually, it? these guys. Um, I kind of alluded to it earlier on, but we are in the Rare Squid offices. So we got Josh and Patty, who you've talked to before. Yeah, I have. Just over in the corner, just doing their thing. Like, back to work, dickheads. Hey, guys. So it's like, yeah, this um, we're in the old TAFE building, and it's just a uh, this old historic, probably haunted building full of um accountants and agribusinesses. And in here, you have these two snot-nosed graphic designers and their own in-house comedian, basically. Yeah, that's awesome. What's it like working for you, with you on a day-to-day basis? Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm the person to ask that. Like, but I am. Um, one thing about working here is that I do insist that all inter-office emails sign off with the phrase "P.S. I'm right behind you." <laughs> It's like, I'm not sure how well you explained the, uh, how much of a verbal picture you painted last time you were here, but it is a very small room. No, like, I, 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 we, yeah. we didn't go into that. I'm, I'm over on one wall over here. This is uh, my poor excuse for a desk. I have um, just... Looks good. It's like a crazy conspiracy person's desk, I think. I like your TV screen that you got up there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this one is like, I do... Th- so this is where I do my editing. This is where I write as well. A lot of this is just forcing me to work and forcing me to be productive but it's like i'm paying rent to be here i have to put on my trousers and walk into town so uh-huh. like i yeah, could so i could just sit at my desk and play nintendo all day but i'm kind of wasting my own time and money yeah yeah so i was gonna ask about how how do you stay focused how do you write how do you fucking how oh, do you, okay yeah how like if i sat down to fucking write i'd just be like what the fuck am i doing here i think you need the spark like for me it's either it's coming at it from like a topic and exploring a topic. Right. In, when I do it that way, I'm almost more like essay-like where I'm kind of constructing an argument and then I have to work out where the jokes go in. But then right. there's times the other way where like I just think of a dumb play on words and then I just then have to work backwards to make that make sense, to give that context. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. But I have literally here... Um, you write every day? I try to write every day, but this is um this isn't a bit yet. But the, the idea of um, I guess I was raised somewhat Catholic, and finding oh, that yeah, uh, me too. yeah. So like, did you find that your mum as she got older, she started to dabble in spirituality a little bit? So no, no. Okay, well like, I'll throw this out then. I guess no, no. <laughs> no, but I found uh, my mum was an example, and the more I talked to people, the more I found the same thing that they won't go fully fully spiritual, but they will start to like play around with, like, crystals or, like, reincarnation or whatever. Yeah, right. Oh, no, I know what yeah. you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. this idea, like... 
but like they won't fully deep dive into spiritualism, but just like the more easily digestible, more palatable aspects of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of approaching salt that, like, lamps and shit. Yeah, salt lamps, basically. Yeah. So it's kind of just the idea that like, because I guess Catholicism is a very can be a strict, very rule based religion, like especially for women. Can be. Yeah. So you can get to a certain point where you'll never leave it, but like. This is like, ooh, it's like a nice little, like a, like a hot yoga instructor over there. Like, you're never going to leave your husband. Oh, but he's nice to look at, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I've, I, I like to say that I've left Catholicism pretty, pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I went to fucking St. Mary's. So oh, all, okay. All Catholic school right, and right. all that sort of fucking So now I probably shit. know people you know, yeah. Probably. And I fucking can't stand the fucking shit. All, all the, the whole... Um, what is it? Organized religion? Yeah. Any of them. Any of them. I think they're just all cults trying to get your money. <laughs> um, when you were at St. Mary's, did they have that sign they have now? Um, St. Mary's, the gift of boys? Mm, no, they didn't. No. <laughs> but but you, you've, gone, you've gone past it, right? You know the sign I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I have seen that. Um, it's very unfortunate coming from an all boys school. Yeah. <laughs> in, they, in, in the post George Pell era, yeah. Yes, yes. What they did do one year, I remember, we all left for Christmas holidays and we came back to a pansy blue colour scheme oh, at okay. our school. They just snuck it, was, it in um, while you weren't there. Well, yeah. You know, it's fucking old school and everything. It's upkeep all the fucking time. And yeah. I, I could understand them painting it, but pansy fucking blue, that was the actual colour. It was called pansy blue. Pansy fucking blue at an all boys school. Yeah, as if a bunch cop- of Catholic schoolboys weren't going to like pick up on that and run with it. Yeah, <laughs> but not only that, like being an all boys school, every all the particularly downlands, mm. fucking just, just throw bombs at you all the time. Yeah, every, yeah. every fucking football or, or sporting event that we had versing them, it's like go to an all boys school. It doesn't get especially when you're that age. In that time period, yeah, it doesn't yeah. get more insulting than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I'm yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't hear you over the sound of all the cute girls at my school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, if there's one thing I can say, I would have been deeply, deeply distracted if I had fucking girls to look at at my <laughs> school. Like seriously, they were bad enough, and I only had dudes to look at while I was there. My weekends were just fucking. You were just Crazy. like, I'm on day Crazy. release. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. It was, yes, it was. It's like, oh, there's fucking females, what the fuck? But anyway. But there were probably like much more stricter boys' schools, I can imagine. Like I have friends oh, who went to sure. Toowoomba Grammar and like they've told me stories about the hierarchies there. Yeah, I used to have some mates that went to Toowoomba Grammar. A um, friend of mine... Um, wild people. Yeah, he, well, my friend was in year 12. He wrote an inflammatory song about a kid in year nine he just didn't like. Right. So, like, he did this thing at lunchtime where he just picked a couple of the year eights and he's just like, you guys, you have to go get Simon right now. And he's in year 12, so they had to do whatever he said. So these kids went and fetched Simon. And he's like, all right, Simon, sit down. And he just played this kid, Simon, this song about how much he hated him. And this kid had to just sit there and take it. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I just got dacked a bunch. That's nowhere near as bad. Oh, I didn't have anything like that at school, really. I fucking... Nothing. I had fucking boring school. I know. Were you sensitive or artistic? Uh, no. It's probably why. Probably. They probably yeah. had our bigger fr- fish I to had, beat. Yeah. I had friends that were very sensitive and artistic, but yeah. I was never that guy. 
I think, um, yeah, a lot of, like, the Samaris people I do know are people who are now, like, musicians and actors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been the people that I would not so much hung around with, but definitely had more than just an association with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were friends, but yeah. not every lunchtime sort of friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the, but, I mean, that's how I got into this. I needed some, uh, some sort of artistic fucking outlet, and I yeah. can't do what Patty does. No fucking way. So oh, yeah, like, like yeah. I come here and I watch Josh edit, and I feel like such a piece of shit calling myself an editor now, yeah. <laughs> It's like shooting hoops down at the local and being like, yeah, I play basketball. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Me and Michael Jordan, same level. We did the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. Michael Jordan might be a bit of a stretch because I've seen that fucking documentary. The Last Dance? Oh, my my God, yeah. God, was it... not a basketball fan, but holy fucking Jesus, I watched the shit out of that documentary. Yeah, right, yeah. From start to finish, we just could not believe what he went through and what the fuck he can do. Even now, I would like to see him play now. I still think he'd run rings around a lot of people. I think I don't know if he could do eighty-two games of an NBA season, but he was like a, not like a special attraction, like for like a six-game run. Michael Jordan just comes in. Like I'd love to see that. Do like a what's her name Tyson and fucking Roy Jones Junior type yeah. thing where they get the legends all back and have yeah, a, him and Barkley can go one on one. Yeah, why not? I reckon that'd be something people would watch. But I remember like watching that. The one thing that really jumped out at me was like the great lengths he would have to go to to make whatever his problem with his opponent was deeply personal to motivate yeah. himself yeah it seemed to work for him yeah it worked like, yeah yeah jesus just like imagine like you're like serving him in a cafe and it's like how are your eggs michael and he's like oh i'm gonna drop 90 points on you tonight all right ah! okay <laughs> some waitresses might like that <laughs> 90 points being a euphemism for his massive six-time championship winning penis. It would be. It definitely would be. He'd be one of the original BBCs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I think I need coffee now. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's feel good. (laughs) So how I'm going to ask about your process. Like, how much of this do you edit in none, general? None, none. <laughs> so you're like, oh, we make a BBC joke and just derail ourselves. It's staining. Yeah, yep. definitely. You sound like a fucking retard, <laughs> and that's it. Like that bit about Kevin Hart there, where I couldn't remember his name, and yeah, God yeah. damn it, I can't believe I couldn't remember his name because fuck me, he's funny, and a big fan. And yeah, that'll be in there. That'll be definitely in there. <laughs> I think we're of the same mind because um. I give myself the um, opportunity to edit. Like, God forbid someone says something, like, so damn stupid. And I know, like, Matt works in school, so, like, I don't want to do anything to get him fired. But also, like, as much as I'm prepared to edit, I haven't really had to so far. So, yeah, um, when I say I, I don't, I should say that I haven't yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, exactly so someone, the same. So, if exactly someone does go same. too far... For sure. Yeah. For sure. You know, someone's going to lose their job over some fucking bullshit that they say... Yeah, you know, yeah. Cancel culture coming out of the woodworks and getting them. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you had to deal with that? Um, no, I think um, I kind of try to like, I, I believe I enough in my own personal responsibility that um, I try not to say things like that anyway, even though like in a live unscripted conversation things can happen, but yeah. Yeah. I think our, our podcast is so tightly wound and is so just like meet, 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 content, content, content that uh, I don't know, you're probably just not going to go down those paths. Mm-hmm. 
And Matt, Matt can go off on a tangent, but he's such a performative dude. He's an actor. He like, I know this series are like, I can say things, but I'll say them with like an accent that is creates a very distinct wall of a intent of intent. Yeah. Yeah. Intent and context. And uh, this isn't me. This is, the fictional character that is serving this joke right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I believe in intent and personal responsibility quite a lot. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think it plays a big part in everything, not just fucking one-on-one conversations, but I mean everything. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Is the intent's there that you're trying to be harmful and fuck you, you piece of shit. But yeah, exactly. If it's not there, if it's a joke and quite obviously a joke, then why the fuck not laugh about it? I think it's a question of, I guess, targeting as well. I think it's one of those, I guess, we're straight white dudes. We're rarely ever going to be denigrated for that, even though, like, uh, how do I put it? Um, I guess we've never been... We're, we're the least marginalised group, as much as some people would like to say that now we are marginalised. Oh, yeah. So, we, yeah. I, I've actually spoken to people that think that we, we have the least rights of anyone anywhere in today's yeah. age you know we're not allowed to say anything about anything and i'm sure there's fucking circles where me and you would be fucking stomped into the ground yeah. there's no doubt about that 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 would exist but in general i don't th- i don't think that's true at all exactly at like, and in comedy like you get these people who were just they don't even have jokes they would just make right-wing talking points with the timing and cadence of a joke and then no one will laugh and then they'll be like, oh, that's political correctness gone mad. And it's just like, you're not, you're just not funny, dude. Nah, nah. Yeah. I don't really have a, a home, I guess, when you talk about politics. Like, yeah, I think personal position is kind of nuanced as well. Like not everyone yeah. is very neatly light, left wing or right wing. Sometimes some people can, are, yeah. some people are but very, I, think you, 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 I guess it's totally possible to say lean to the left on, I guess, ethical issues, but say lean to the right financially or fiscally or whatever. That's pretty much how I am. I, I, if I had to put a label on it, it'd be like libertarian-ish. Okay, yeah. Because I believe that it's like your own personal responsibility to look after yourself. Right, but right, yeah. at the same time, it's like I do believe that there should be some, you know, fucking public health and the fire brigade and all these yeah, yeah. socialist, I guess you could call them. Fuck, I hate that word. But anyways, um, sort of ideas i think they're important to Mm -hmm. especially a first world country like we live in um but then yeah when it comes to business and stuff like fucking right-wing politics seem to have that dialed in right right to a certain extent maybe not so much with the environment and all that sort of stuff but i mean yeah yeah, so i don't really have a home when it comes to yeah and and it's tricky if you don't neatly fit into one of those camps as well you probably you probably i imagine you probably cop it from both sides at some point or other um yeah i i don't comment on political stuff on (laughs) facebook because like i'll it's just i don't know it seems even when i read it back to myself it's like where the fuck are you standing on this issue (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like i think what you are saying is fucking ridiculous but I don't want it to swing all the way to the other side because that's equally yeah. as ridiculous. And you find yourself in a position where, like, one side hates you for taking a stand, the other side hates you for not taking enough yes. of the stands. Yes, quite often. And it's usually with um, with uh, legalising drugs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I follow, on Facebook, I follow some quite left-leaning people when it comes to drug policies because they seem to have that dialed in. Yeah. They bring up any other issue that I don't really agree with, and it's like, why are you on this fucking page? 
because, because I agree with the main issue that yeah. you sort of target, but yeah. It's like we, we both weird. agree that we should free the weed, dude. Come yeah, on, yeah. Free the weed. I think, oh, but I go further than that. I, I don't think that any psychedelics should be um, illegal, and I think that every other drug should be decriminalized. Right, right, yeah. That's, that's my point of view. Yeah, I think we could acknowledge the harm that a drug can cause without turning a user into a criminal. Yes. Like, imagine just, like, having that lifelong criminal record because you, you smoke some drugs or whatever, you know? It's ridiculous. Yeah, people often bring up, like, heroin and, you know, they always go to the hard, for the hardest drugs, heroin and yeah. ice. And it's like, well, well, you only have to look at, at Sweden, you know? And, and a lot of people think that Sweden's, like, this mad ultimate socialist fucking country, but it's definitely not that either. Mm. But they... They treat drug addiction like a fucking disease, like it, sh- like it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they've made it heroin in particular. Um, they have rooms that you can go to. You use clean needles. You fucking you buy your heroin right there. You're not allowed to leave until you've done it all. Yeah. And but on top of that, you have to get. So no, 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 no dessert until you finish your heroin. <laughs> yeah. But on top of that, you have to you have to go through therapy. And why are you using heroin? Yeah. And they fucking notice like no one uses fucking street heroin anymore. The yeah. deaths are down, and it doesn't cost the you know the country taxpayers fucking tens of thousands, if not millions of dollars every fucking year treating these illegal illegal yeah yeah criminals in jail and shit. So, like, I'm in Utah, there was this experiment where they kind of realized that um, with, say, like, the homeless problem that they spent more on basically just, like, legislating and, like, criminalizing and dealing with the homeless problem than they would, I guess, housing a homeless person. Yes. So, I talked to um, a lady, her name is Tiffany Sparry. She works for the the basement here in uh, Toowoomba. And she was saying that you only see 4% of homelessness. Yeah, I believe that, yeah. And I was like, holy fuck. I actually see it here in Toowoomba. Yeah, yeah. And Australia, well, not, probably not the best, has a pretty good track record with homelessness. And I still see it. It's like, that's only yeah. 4%. Right, right, yeah. Fucking ridiculous. It's just, it, it keeps blowing my mind every time I think yeah, about it. Yeah, it's one of those things that you could see, like, a very small smattering of homeless on your day-to-day and think, oh, we're not doing that bad. But then you realise that that's just... The tip of the iceberg, yeah. But on the flip side to that, I've been to Mexico. Mm. And as you drive into Tijuana, it is fucking wow. Really, really eye-opening. There is just a mountain with these fucking shanty shacks everywhere. Yeah, And I'm fucking glad that Australia is nowhere in Australia that I know of is like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. fucking glad of that. Yeah, for all the ways Australia isn't perfect, it could definitely be a lot worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely a lot worse. And I don't think you have to be very left-wing or very right-wing to agree on that, yeah. Mm. Well, this is, this is why I don't fit in really anywhere because, you know, even, even as a libertarian, um, they say you should look after yourself. I don't entirely agree with that. Left-wing people would say, you know, fucking we should be caring and, you know, hand yeah. them money and all that sort of stuff. And right-wingers would be like, no, we can't do that. And I'm sort of in the middle going, we need to help them, but it can't be a, you know, a, a hammock to But it can't, can't be a crutch, yeah. Yeah, It yeah. has to, like, lift people up. It's like, yeah. Why can't we have something that is in the middle instead of all the bullshit? Yeah, something like a capitalist system with a socialist safety net where no one gets left behind. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, that seems like the way that we need to go. Yeah, we need something that I guess uh, encourages, I guess, growth and innovation, but also doesn't just completely cast people aside if they're not deemed useful to it. Or on the other side, you know, like you said, there's no crutches, no hammocks. It's yeah. a safety net, not a hammock, <laughs> so to speak. How do we do it? Oh, God, we're yeah, 40 minutes on. into a podcast. Let's, let's solve this. Let's yeah, go, solve this. go. Oh, God. How do we do it? <laughs> oh, God, I just came here to talk about jokes, sir. Yeah, okay. Tell me a joke then. Tell me a joke. Oh, God. That's something. You just don't say that to a comedian. Why not? You don't just be like, all right, make me laugh, motherfucker. Yeah, you're a comedian. You're funny. You're funny. Make me laugh. It's your job. Oh, I spent 40 odd minutes kid. hopefully making you laugh. I kid. I you kid. have. You have. I kid. I kid. You have. Fuck, I nearly lost it yeah, there the, before. Yeah, the, the tape doesn't lie. <laughs> yeah. And that, that cuts both ways, but yeah, the tape does not lie. Yeah, definitely. Because I think like a lot of comedians, you record yourself a lot, especially when you're working stuff out. Oh, yeah. So this was, yes, this is a good one. Yeah, go. So, so yeah, you can record yourself so you can listen back afterwards. And there are, But there, there are times where on in the moment you're thinking, oh, yeah, I'm crushing this. And then you listen back and it's like, oh, no, no one laughed. What was I even thinking? So really... Critical of yourself, you, ha- like, you have to be. Yeah, yeah. How, what What's that like? Like, like telling yourself that you're rubbish at it. <laughs> how do you, How do you deal with that? Like, obviously, you're going to put in a lot of work. Yeah, you're going to tape yourself. You're going to watch it over and over and think, "What the fuck am I doing? How do you?" I think you, you, how do you get how do you step up from that? How do you get better? How do you cut out this and um you you put in the work you you're just very honest about your own. Do you I ask guess, people? You ask people. I think you try and ask more experienced people like oh, so other comedians. And yeah, stuff? comedians have been around for a while, which can be tough. Some more experienced comedians are kind of just they'll be like a like you're not even worth watching till you've been doing this for three years, or they may be like you know what I'm not helping you get better so you can take my spot one day. But then there are other People who are just more like, if you get better, that makes a scene better. A healthier scene is a better scene. And like like a, a, like a tie that lifts all boats, if that makes sense. Yes. So I think it's just, it's just being open to feedback, open to criticism. I think looking for people that are like above you to give you feedback as well. Like people around you are cool, but like they're at the same level as you. So if they were that much better, they'd probably be doing better. Yeah, right. How do you get famous in Australia? As oh, a comedian. God. Because, like, you, you see him... Uh, Someone pulls your pants down, it gets filmed and goes viral. I don't know. Goes, goes viral? I don't know. I think it's... You kind of got to put in the work. You got to just keep, like, trying to push to another level. And, like, I don't know who determines who gets famous. It's such a weird, arbitrary thing. So is it just, like, youtube Instagram sort of stuff? Like, you know, you look at America and it seems like once they get some sort of fucking deal with well today netflix or get on a movie yeah. or something that, that does it well, that's that's the sort of thing i'm sort of yeah yeah it's like Australia. so look. yeah spend 10 15 years doing comedy to the point where you can get offered stuff outside of comedy and then just come back to comedy as a superstar i don't know but i know a lot of people are like their goal is like breakfast radio or something like that breakfast radio yeah oh yeah <laughs> no, i couldn't like do you even listen to the radio no Never. Nope. Um, so hmm, I was on, I was on community radio pre podcasting and I'm like, I'm still like unless I'm in someone's car and they're very insistent that nope this is a triple M car I just don't listen to the radio yeah I reckon the last time that I actually listened to the radio was when I found out what a podcast was 
<laughs> you just like flicked it off and it's like, I'm done. Pretty much. You fucking choose what you listen to all the time. Um, and even since discovering podcasts, I don't listen to that much music, which is pretty sad. I should listen to me more music. I think even now with the advent of Spotify, like imagine spending an hour listening to music and like hoping you like the next song. Yeah, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. You wouldn't do it at all. I'm surprised it took this fucking long for someone to invent it. Yeah, and like it's like radio is basically there to sell ad space. Mm. I think if they could not play songs at all and just play ads, they would. For sure. The, the songs are to keep you there so they can play the ads. For sure. Like for I used sure. to, I worked for... I was stereo around here. I used to help set up um, outside broadcasts. Like, we're like, oh, we're live from like JB Hi-Fi or whatever. And it was just a big, long ad for where you were. Yeah. Yeah, well, that would have been the, the last radio fucking thing I heard. It was, yeah, very well could have been outside JB Hi-Fi. Oh, wow, wow. Very well could have been. And, yeah, that's, now that you're saying it, that's all it fucking is, is a commercial. And, like, this level of just freedom that we have right now, like, we've gone on all sorts of tangents. We've just been like, oh, we want to talk about Mike, Michael Jordan's cock? Let's fucking do that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We want to, like, now, like, try and, try and, like, suss out our political positions? Let's do that. Like, you couldn't have that kind of freedom if you've got 30 seconds and you've got to do the traffic report and then you've got to throw to this ad for Coles, you know? Yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. How do you... What, your podcast. My podcast? Yeah. I like it. Oh, thank you, man. Let's get dangerous. Let's get dangerous. Yeah, so how do you... Why? Um, it's something I just wanted to podcast. Like, I'd been in a podcast ages ago where um, back when I was on Community Radio, I accidentally got another announcer kicked off. Right. I was just a guest on his show and the topics got a bit too spicy. And Spicy's good. Yeah, Spicy's good. Probably not like, for radio. Yeah, they have, like, community Radio has an insane amount of like code of conduct. Like, stuff that you could get away with on Triple J like, would get you just thrown out in disgrace right. at like, 4DDB or whatever. But... um. I accidentally got him kicked off and I, I was devastated and he was just like, look, it's fine. I felt restricted for a while. I've been wanting to get into podcasting anyway, so this is just the push. When was this? This was like years ago. Yeah, right. So I did a podcast with him for a while and then we all kind of just went our well, separate ways. It was called um, The Half Scoop. I don't even know if it exists anymore. It'll be there somewhere. It's probably somewhere it's out in the ether in some like Wayback Machine or something. But um, then I just, I wanted to do it because I felt like as I was getting into comedy, it would be something kind of complimentary to that and it'd be another way to like build a following and another way to just have the conversations I want to have with the freedom I want to have so I had a couple of attempts and it just it never quite happened then I pitched this idea to Matt who I've known for years Mm -hmm. he was like insanely in and having like another person it helps yeah because like all these ideas up to this point were just like me with an idea and just carrying that until I ran out of steam Mm -hmm. like Matt again like like I said with improv like two people that's like 50% of the work you know yeah, it definitely helps. So I started this podcast with a guy named Ethan. Yeah. They're doing work for him. Anyway, um, yeah, and I get him on whenever I can. Yeah. And due to unfortunate circumstances, the whole fucking thing, we got split off. We were on different crews, yeah. fucking all this sort of shit. And, uh, yeah, just trying to do this myself, it's... Like you said, it's fucking 100% oh, of the yeah, fucking work. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Because I still do, like, all of our post-production and stuff like that. Yeah. But Matt as well, Matt shows up because like, we split topics. Uh-huh. Like, every week a different one of us has a topic. Like, for those who haven't heard the podcast, the idea is basically that one of us presents an activity that is potentially dangerous, and we just discuss the risks and whether or not we do it. Sometimes we stick to that diligently. Sometimes that's just a starting-off point for a whole other conversation. 
Like swimming with sharks. Swimming with sharks. Yeah, yeah. Fighting Mike Tyson. Oh yes, yes. I'm so damn proud of that episode. Yeah. I would not fight Mike Tyson. <laughs> no, no fucking way in the world. Right? But this is basically how it works. I'm like, oh, what are the pros and cons of fighting Mike Tyson? Oh, you might make a lot of money, but you'll probably get the shit beat out of you. You know. You would definitely make a lot of money. You would definitely get the shit beat out of you. Those two uh, facts. They're not yeah, maybes. Yeah. That's what would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People would. It'd be like a gladiator contest. People would be going to watch a, a slaughter. Yeah, and it's just we throw all these out there, and it's just deciding where you are on the scale. Whether the amount of money you get would be worth the amount of shit you get beaten out of you. Yeah, I like it. I do. I've, I've listened to a few episodes. Ah, oh, cheers, man. Cheers. Yeah. We, um, yeah, we just recorded another one yesterday, and I'll just, right as you came in, I was editing a, um, a video of us just, like, shooting hoops or whatever, mm-hmm. just trying to, like, engage people a bit more. Yeah, right. But, yeah, it was just, I just hit him up. He was really on board with the idea. He's just a guy I go way back with who I've always had this weird kind of chemistry with. We did the first episode. It didn't suck. We were like, okay, let's... <laughs> it didn't suck. Yeah. My first episode sucked dick. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. <laughs> but our, our first episode, I remember though, because um, Matt's an actor and he comes from that background of like, I'm not going to break. I'm going to stay professional the whole time. So he was like, I'm not going to laugh at anything. I'm going to just keep professional. So like, we're not going to get derailed. But then I didn't know that. I was just like, oh my God, he's not laughing at anything. I'm fucking dying here. <laughs> How do people do that? Oh, how, just, do, how do they switch off that part of their brain? An insane just, amount of training, I guess. I remember once, because um, I used to hang out with actors when I was doing film, and like they would do this thing where, like, film. Yeah, when I did when I film, and they would just, and they, two actors would push a third actor back and forth and just like shout at them the whole time while they had to do their monologue. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, if the actor broke, they just started again. <laughs> and I was like, almost like it's like you're doing it while getting punched and then doing it for real. It's just the punch gets taken away, I guess. Yeah, right. That's a good way of doing it. That would suck to start with, it would be a lot of punches. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'd appreciate a lot more when you've got the freedom of like, oh, there's no one punching me. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. But I guess once you can get through that, like me saying something that might catch you a bit off guard is probably a lot easier to like, put the shield up against. Did you ever take your film any further than just studying it? Or? Um, I made a couple of little shorts, but like I don't think there's a great career there that was cut short. Like I enjoy doing it. Like I still dabble with it, but it's just mm-hmm. more... A, I was always in, in film school, I was always like the weird kind of like art house shit that makes no sense guy where everyone else was either a third of the class was trying to be the next Tarantino, a third of the class were like doing it because you had to do something and I was just doing like the weird shit that no one got. So I kind of worked out very quickly that I could probably keep doing it indefinitely, but there was probably never really uh, any money to be made doing that. Damn it. I, um, I once made a film for like $90 and that's including props, like paying, like feeding my actors and like giving them petrol money. And then I won like a hundred bucks in a film festival. And I was like, oh shit, I made indie cinema at a profit. <laughs> it's like taking that $10 and just like driving past the homes of my enemies, like Woo! waving it out the window. <laughs> Look at me, bitches. <laughs> and that film festival, actually, that was actually the festival that led to Patty and I actually meeting properly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I'd seen his stuff around. Like we'd kind of walked the same earth. I had a pair of his glasses from an exhibition. Mm-hmm. He'd given them to someone. They'd given them to me. And I just had this pair of sunglasses that were his and we both had films in this festival. And instead of just being like, hey, yo, I like your film, I was just like, hey, yo, I've got your glasses. Yeah. And that was kind of how we started talking. And then I went to his house for his birthday and here we all are now sharing an office. Yeah, nice. It's like a romantic love story. Yeah. And he's, and he's too busy doing like hardcore graphic design to notice he's being put over. 
I need a piss. <laughs> so do you pause these? Or do you just like leave the mics running and take the mic with you? No, I just leave it running and I'll cut that bit out. All right. If I need to. Depending on how long yeah, I'll be. If you can't like edit it in a seamless way, you kind of just acknowledge like, well, I had to take a piss, but I'm back. Yeah, no, I don't even do that. <laughs> it's just like... Chop, yeah, it's missing. Yeah, what happened there? No, nothing. It's just, you know, nothing. Yeah, don't yeah, worry yeah, yeah. about it. I really need a piece of work. Where's the toilet? I'm um, just out and around the corner. I'll show I have the mic to myself. I can say whatever I want now. Um, penis. Feels good, Josh. I said it. I said it. Not going to apologize for it. Taking the word back. Oh, man, that coffee is doing its job. All right. I really like how the electrical board in the in the toilet's just swinging open. That's cool. That's cool as fuck. <laughs> this might be the best piss of my life. I might die. I'm rolling the dice. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, wow, that's live electricity. <laughs> Mate, go hard or go home, you know? Yeah, well, this is true. This is true. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't even oh know. Oh, God, what were we talking about? I don't know. Who cares? Um, <laughs> what do you think about Murdoch? Murdoch never liked him, never met him. Oh, really? <laughs> How couldn't you like a man like that? He brings you the news every day. He brings <laughs> me the uh, unfiltered, unbiased news as it is to yeah, my doorstep. definitely. Yeah, I, I only, like, I haven't liked news for a long time, but I only learnt that there was only one fucking news outlet yeah. that isn't owned by him. Like, how the fuck does that happen? Yeah, and it's just like, if only, there's only one person who is giving you all the news, 
like imagine if um imagine if like i was at that door and you kind of tried to come into this door because you wanted to know what was going in and i was the only person who could tell you what was happening in this room i could say literally anything and like you would not be able to call me on it you wouldn't be able to say yeah like i could leave you yeah i would i could be like yeah like michael jordan's at in here just like swinging his like 18 inch 18 inch dick and hitting like no look three pointers and you'd be like yeah i believe that i would i definitely would (laughs) No, I think the idea is to make it not – got to make it believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be crazy, <laughs> but if you deliver it in a way where there's two crazy things on either side of that, the crazy thing that you want people to believe – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cover the lie with a bigger lie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. I might have been watching on Netflix. Have you ever seen the show um, Gypsy? No. It's got um, Naomi Watts and Billy Crudup. Um, she's a um, therapist, right. and she kind of just – she starts crossing all these lines, taking like a really absurd amount of interest in like her clients' lives. But like it's constantly, they're breaking down like the theory of lying, like how to lie, how to spot a lie, how to get away with a lie. And it's so interesting. It does sound interesting. I'm going to have to I watch just, it. I got so bored. I just like smashed seven episodes in a row just because the other day. Yeah, right. Just like I, I had some like, I had some like work fall through and I didn't have stuff until later. I was like, I could be productive or uh, Netflix is right here, which is another reason why I have an office because like, have you watched The Social Dilemma? No, I haven't yet. No. Oh, my fucking God. Is that fucking thing scary? And it's true. And I think that's why it's scary. Because you're watching this fucking show and it's like, this is true. Like, you know. You, you just know it's true. So it's kind of, from what I've seen of like the previous, it's kind of about how social media, I guess, curates what we see. Yes. Yeah. And how it's changing people's perception of everything Mm-mm. like the world in general um where you can basically be like only being surrounded by people who agree with you to like i guess bump up that support of your view or if you're the sort of person who loves getting confrontational they'll just i guess keep throwing you people you disagree with so you can like arc up at them and get your little shot that way yeah well that's how the algorithm's written yeah um you know they noticed early on that you know, fucking people engage more when shit makes them angry. Yeah, and yeah. F- and they're arguing with people and all that sort of bullshit. And so that's what it fucking delivers to your newsfeed or your fucking whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah. It's, like I said, like while you're watching it, you know it's true. And that's why it's so fucking, you're just like, this is fucking awesome. I don't want to use this anymore, but then it's so addictive too. And then you go back and you get on Facebook and you're like, man, the social dilemma was crazy. And then it, and it yes. throws that in the face of someone who disagrees with that. And they're like, no, what? Yeah. And then the cycle just repeats. And like, you know, you you're a part of it while it. it's happening. Yeah. And you can't, oh, yeah. how do you break free of this? Unless you just like go out into the woods and just like live by yourself. It's an addiction. You and the animals. Well, th- it's not only that. It's like, yes, but... All the all the fucking business today is run from, you know, exposure from Facebook and all that. Yeah, sort of yeah. Shit. Like, how the fuck do you grow an audience and get people to come and get your work? Oh yeah, especially Ultimate. when you're like, you're yeah. actually just small level like artists and podcasters yeah. who are just like essentially yeah. just like on the street corner with like a big coat going like, hey, hey, I want some podcasts. Do you want some podcasts? <laughs> I'm just imagining just like. I miss those guys. Oh, those like guys really, oh, yeah. Like, they just sold all their, like, shitty, like, like counterfeit watches, and they're just, mm. like, they're all living on islands now. All on Oh, speaking of islands, I went, I've, I've gone way back to the coronavirus shit. Yeah. I've wondered how islands, like, 
Fiji that comes to mind, but I mean, places like that and and Thailand and how the fuck are they faring at the moment? Yeah, it's weird, who knows, man. Like I imagine, like as an really island, random thought, as an island, I imagine it'd be easier to, I guess, manage your borders, but also like I don't know, like it'd be harder to get stuff, like services and like goods to you. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, like you know, Fiji doesn't have an industry. Right. They, yeah, their yeah. industry is fucking. The industry is people coming to the island. Yeah, tourism. Yeah. yeah, and Thailand. Like I know they've got some sweatshops and whatnot, but I mean, large majority of it is Aussies going there and spending all of their money there. Imagine if, like, if you're like working in a sweatshop, do you even know coronavirus is happening right now? Probably not. Yeah, you'll probably just like shuttle back into the factories and just like back to work, dickheads. Well, Duncan Trussell made a pretty good point. Yeah, there's some some fucking idiot somewhere sitting under a waterfall, not even knowing how scared he's meant to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking true. Without the media, you wouldn't fucking know. Man, I envy that dude. I do too. I do too. I'm hungry. <laughs> I am actually like annoyingly hungry. Um, I've been doing intermittent fasting lately because like ever since I went into lockdown, I just started like exercising and losing weight because I had to do something with that time. Good work. How much you lost? Uh, about 20 odd kilos. Nice. So I, just, I literally last night I was going through videos on my phone and I found like a video of me from just before all of this where I'm like, I'm like standing side on in profile so it looks even worse. And I'm like bent over the bench and just talking and I'm just like, oh my God, like I don't even... Recognize that guy Really? Yeah That's good 20 kilos That's a lot of fucking weight man Yeah that is man Yeah So what are you What are you done? Intermittent fasting Intermittent your, fasting like, I'm like? not dieting per se But I'm just uh, Not doing stuff That is obviously like garbage Like not eating a pizza Every time I'm sad basically Uh huh Like a Emotional bit more, eating Yeah A bit mm. more fruit A bit more yogurt But just other than that It's just uh, oh no, I, I'm a bit more wary About sugar content now Yeah other than that, there's no real diet. It's just not obviously eating garbage. Yeah, that's good. Um, while you're fasting, wh- how, how long do you fast for? So I do 16-8. So I can 16, eat between eight. like midday and 8 p.m. And, and you're just w- drinking water while you fast? I'm um, water, black coffee. Water and black coffee. You it, put salt in your water? Ah, uh, no, nah, man, no. Nah. You should look up um, sodium, potassium, and magnesium for while you're fasting. Okay. Mm. Right, right. Mm. Hell yeah, hell yeah. You'll be able to go longer. <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah, that, that's fucking good, man. So it's just that's that, just good. like a bit of exercise. I'm not even like a gym junkie, just like a little bit of lifting, a little bit of walking. Nice. Yeah. Just like, just like basic shit. Like there's nothing difficult about what I've done. It's just that I wasn't even doing the basic shit before. Yeah. Who, who, what made you want to do that? Just that video or did someone um, call you a fat cunt or? I've kind of, I know I've always had a weird relationship with my body, like. I've seen videos of Lee from like much younger, like lighter than I am now. And I just uh-huh. remember like that guy felt like a fat cunt, you know? Yeah. I know. It's just this weird relationship I've always had with my body. And I was just, uh, I've got like, what's going to be at least three months. Who knows how much longer by myself. So like, let's put this time to good use. So like, I oh, know I just, for me, lockdown was just, I paint, I learned to play banjo and I just like worked on myself. You learned to play banjo. Yeah. Like, I play guitar, so, like, some concepts travel across. But, yeah, it was just, well, I what can't go anywhere. What's the difference between banjo and a guitar? Um, the tuning's slightly different. Like, the way you play it is different. You're not necessarily as strummy. Like, there's a lot more going on with your right hands. Yeah, okay. So, it's a bit more like, like a weird, like, a finger style, like a claw hammer thing going on. Yeah, right. Where your guitar, you're just like, nah, yeah, nah, okay. nah, whatever. But, yeah. Yeah, right. See, I don't play any musical instrument at all. Right, right. Have tried. 
Failed miserably. Well, I picked up a guitar when I was really 16 because I thought it would help me get girls. Um, Did it work? Obviously. Obviously. Look, obviously. look at me, mate. Look at me. No, but um, then I went to uni, did like an arts degree straight out of school, did not care about the arts degree, so I would just play guitar instead of going to things, dropped out with no qualifications, but being able to play some Radiohead. So. Fucking living. Living, mate, yeah. Fucking living. I mean, I still owe the government money for that, but yeah. <laughs> Do you really? I like Hex and shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. That's the brilliant thing about Hex is like they pay for uni up front and then you pay them back when you start making money in the arts. Yeah. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> I'm going to die with that goddamn Hex debt, man. Yeah, probably. See how much it, how, how does fucking, because I didn't go to fucking uni, I right. thought, fuck that, I barely made it through grade 12, I was first in my family to do that, and everyone was like, yeah, what are you going to do now? I'm like, I'm fucking done with school. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, but anyway, yeah, so, yeah, Hex, how, how the fuck does that work? Because I know America is fucking all about putting young kids in debt. Yeah, Amer- America is a straddle. Like, the moment you walk out of there, they're like, you owe us this much money. Pay up, motherfucker. Right. The idea with Hex is... Because uh, like, with that, you basically, instead of getting a job related to what you studied, you just have to get, like, literally any a job. job. Yeah. Well, like, the idea of Hex is that like, they pay it up front. So, in theory, at least, you can actually pursue the thing you studied. So, Hex, you don't start paying Hex back until you start making a certain amount. In any, any field. In any field, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like the idea is that you'd pursue the field that you'd studied and had great, got some qualifications in. Ideally. Yeah, ideally, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. I, did like, I did like media and there's like, there's not a lot of jobs. There's a lot of just like, basically just like these guys, just like making your own thing and just being like, we're a company now. Yeah. But not a lot of jobs. Not a lot of jobs, yeah, yeah. I remember um, I got an editing job at um, Win News, like the week of graduation. Yeah, so yeah, like I did, right. the job didn't last very long, but it lasted just long enough for me to like walk in the graduation, thumb my nose and say, I've already got a job, lads. Fuck and yes. then I like called my brother-in-law and told him to suck it and then lost the job. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love when you do that? Start yeah. gloating and you're just like, yeah, well, I didn't fucking work mm. out, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So, so the government pays. Yeah, like your like, tuition and stuff up front. Yeah. Obviously, you still have to, like, do your books and, like, and if you're living somewhere, you got to find a way to pay your own rent or whatever. But, like, the actual tuition itself, the government, like, it's, it's like a loan, but it's a loan that you pay back much, much later. You reckon that helps with the price of education? Or you reckon that's, like, an excuse for universities to jack it up? I think possibly in a sense of, like, if you're not paying it up front, you probably don't think about how much it costs. Mm. Definitely, yeah, yeah. How much is, if you don't mind, how much did your arts oh, fucking I, degree I would have cost? I could not tell you. Couldn't tell me? It would have been like several grand a semester at least, yeah. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah. So to do something like fucking business course or become a doctor, you're talking tens to possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah, like tens, tens at least, definitely, yeah. Wow. And then, then you got to like, Try to find a way to make money so you can pay that back, yeah. Yeah, right. They start docking your pay pretty quick or? I mean, not at the level I'm at, but I think if you're making like a certain amount of money, then they'd start like deducting it, yeah. Fuck yeah. That's why I know it comes up every so often, like the idea of, I guess, I don't know, like privatising student debt or just like abolishing hex altogether. Because see, um, again, going back to where I sit politically, I think that education is important. Don't get me fucking wrong. I think that 
There should be some sort of fucking... I, I don't know how to fucking make it work. Yeah. Smarter people than me do that. But, yeah, like I was saying, does, does having the government basically being a guarantor or your, basically your parent uh-huh. paying for you and then you pay them back, is that, is that just like creating a massive gap, hole? I don't know, an opportunity, I guess you would call it, for universities and education in general to jack up the prices and... I don't know. I, I, if, if I was in education's position, I would definitely be jacking my prices. <laughs> the government's going to pay for that? Yeah, Fuck yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would be. Oh, yeah, someone is just like going to bed tonight on a sweet bed of government money, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's the way I look at it. I mean, but I, I think the alternative is wrong, a situation where like, I don't know, you're kind of like limiting access. If they... If people had to pay up front, then yeah, like universities yeah, would like have to be... The people would get in, Yeah, right? universities would have to be more competitive in their pricing. But, but, like, but it would lock out a lot of people. It would. And this is why I don't know how to make that work. Yeah, yeah. But I know like USQ is an example. Like they will make a lot of their money up front from, I guess, international students who aren't, I guess, able to get hex. Hmm. And I guess it's one of the things... Because I studied... Because I was in doing creative arts as well, which is like obviously one of the least profitable ones uh-huh. in terms of return but I also feel like the money that they would make off engineering students and medical students or whatever means that that should be able to support the arts degrees and the creative arts degrees yeah and like especially creative arts that's not something that educational institutions should be looking at in terms of a return of investment yeah so w- not trying to trash your degree or nothing but what do you get with an arts degree like, what, what jobs do you... Oh, have? man. Well, I got a creative arts degree. So even, creative arts, Even yeah. we make fun of art students. <laughs> yeah, you, you get you get a skill set. Yeah, same degree as Patty. Yeah, like... Yeah, right, Different majors, but yeah, literally the same degree. Like, his, so, his will say first class honours, but other than that, our degrees more or less look exactly the same. Uh-huh. So and like Josh, same degree, like got about a year in and was like, fuck that, I'm going to make some money. So make your own business type of thing yeah it's kind of a it gives you a skill set and it gives you a mentality but it usq at least usq doesn't really prepare you for the industry uh-huh yeah right because i think especially with film i think it's more of a bit of a a 101 you do this if you're really really serious then you go study somewhere better and put yeah. more years in but i was also i mean i was like 30 when i went back to school so i was like 33 34 when i came out it's like I'm not going to spend like another three years at school at least before I'm allowed to be a part of the industry. So I was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Well, I'm about to start an apprenticeship. So mm. don't, don't feel too harsh on yourself. <laughs> I'm going to be an electrician. Woo. Make that sweet electrician money, man. Yeah, I hope so. Five years. Five years apprenticeship mm. on like, is the, the I, don't, I, feel, I feel kind of gauche asking you how much you're making, but like is apprentice money as a 32 year old, is that livable? Um, only because of my past. Okay. Um, so I've worked on the rigs for the last 10 years, almost. So if it wasn't for that and it wasn't for my wife working as well with her own business, probably not. Yeah. Probably so is, not. Is it kind of a because of your skill sets previously, they, they allowed to skip over certain parts of it or is it just that you can now get paid at a different rate because of it? Um, so I don't have any skill sets that transfer <laughs> over to elect, being an electrician because it's, you know, it's pretty specialised. You know? If you actually do your own electri- electrical work, like in your house or whatnot, you can be in fucking pretty big trouble for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, there's like, don't like live blog yourself doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, there's, so there's not a whole lot of fucking 
work experience, I suppose you could call it, yeah. that really translates over unless you specifically... It's like, what's went, your previous experience? Well, here's my criminal record. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, electrician, other, other trades for sure, but electrician, not so much. Okay, yeah. Not so much. So, yeah, I'm just a fucking mature... I'll just be a mature age apprentice and get paid pretty similar to other apprentices right like, oh wow yeah not a lot at all <laughs> but what it's worth it long game looking yeah, long at the long game, game. yeah exactly yeah got to look at the long game and i guess as coming now as like a 32 year old you probably have the maturity to stick it out as I well i can say because it was the same thing like when i went to school straight out of to uni straight out of high school i just i didn't give a shit i just needed to be doing something but when i went back to do film as like a much older person like i had a different mentality about me mm-hmm. and i was very like no i'm taking this seriously i'm already 30 i'm not going to spend five years doing a three-year degree stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think so and i guess you i guess you being a bit older you can see the bigger picture you can see the end game whereas like this isn't just well i got out of school let's do something yeah so job hopping so while well, you're a young man or a young person at all yeah job hopping's great find your fucking Find your calling if you can in the first five years, ten years even, of your working career. But when when you're my age, I want to go to work at a one place and know how much I'm getting paid for that week's work and so on and so forth and all the benefits that come with staying with one company. I want all that. Oh, yeah, especially when I guess you've got people who are financially dependent on you as well, yeah. Yeah, fucking kids. (laughs) (laughs) Bloodsuckers. Oh man, I love kids, do not want them, but I love them, yeah No, I love my kids, but they definitely change everything Yeah, yeah And make everything harder I mean, yeah, like the fact that, like I said, I just spent four days in Brisbane Just cause doing like, doing like garbage shows where I wasn't getting paid to prepare myself For the one show where I got paid like 50 bucks Like, if people were relying on me to like put a roof over their heads, there's no way I could do that, yeah Yeah, so like, we have to get in the car to go to school every morning And it's like 8 o'clock Get in the car. Eight twenty. We are in the car for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. They definitely, definitely change a lot. Everything actually, they change everything. Yeah, yeah. But so, it's good. I so like how it. old are your kids? Uh, nine, six, and two. Oh, two. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like the nine and the six, they have some concept of like time and scheduling at least. You would think that. You would think that. <laughs> You would be wrong, <laughs> but you would think that. Oh, yeah, like one of like, the worst things about becoming an adult is realising how much of a selfish, shitty child you were. Or time schedules. Yeah. I've found. So, like, this morning, I got in the car to come here. I was like, man, it's an hour and a half away. I don't, I don't need to fucking leave yet. So I went and done something else, and I was like, holy fuck, I'm going to be late. <laughs> No, it was, it was good. You were early in the end. Yeah, I was. You said 11.30. That ended up being like an 11.30 start. I thought 11.30 meant 11.30, you turn up and we talk shit for half an hour while you set up. But yeah. Me too. Didn't work <laughs> out that way. I'm used to having kids, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, if, if the kids were there, it would have been me getting in the car at 11 and, well, probably not getting in the car. We, I would have told them to get in the car at 11. Yeah. And then 11.30, I would have left home. <laughs> Have you tried them? Um, if you want them in the car at 11, tell them to be in the car at 10.30. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's not that easy. So, like, these people just, who have, like, no second. respect for your time and schedule are actually, like, alarmingly smart. Yes. Like, they know when that, you're trying to trick them. That is the worst part. It's like, 
You're only nine. How yeah, the they know they're doing it. Yeah. Fuck? You're only two. How do you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like I'm mad. It's like I didn't even go to uni, and yet somehow I've raised three evil geniuses. <laughs> but they're all like that. The whole lot of them. Yeah. It's not just mine. Like the, there are no dumb children. They are all brilliant. In some way. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I've met some dumb kids, but... They know how to fuck with you. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> they know how to take up your day oh, and waste yeah. your time. Easily. Easily. <laughs> but anyways. Oh, we're all going quite well today. It would be a shame if I was to throw up right now. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. You, 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 you'll, you'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> you'll definitely get there. But anyways... I'm going to get home. No worries. It was good to see you, man. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. So do we like the audio handshake now? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Up, down, up, down, up, down. We're uh, socially distancing handshake, that one. Yeah. So, yeah. Our hands didn't touch, guys. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on, though, bro. No, dude, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, sweet ass. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe. Check out the YouTube, do the same thing there. Come on to Facebook and like and all that sort of good shit and tell your friends about it and uh, keep it real.